On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Hey, hey, welcome to Growing Up Rock. This is Stephen Michael. And this is Sonny Pooney. How you doing, Stephen? I am looking forward to rocking pod. Sonny Hollywood Pooney brings his act to the Hollywood of Nashville. Yeah, it'll be fun meeting all these folks, right? It will, man. We're getting ready to uh, start up the car and head towards Nashville at the end of this weekend. It should be awesome. Um, Rock and Pod Expo, man. All kinds of uh, rock stars and producers and um, writers and uh, podcasters. Should be a great time. Great time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting some of these folks that uh, I've not known that long. Uh, but, you know, you don't put a name to a face, but some of these guys, like uh, my partners over at Podcast Rock City, those two guys have never met each other. Actually, you ran into Joe the other day, and Jody hasn't even met Joe. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, I met Joe. Uh, we we went out and uh, had, uh, had a good time, went off to see the Dead Daisy show, um, so... Uh, Joe and I, of course, met before Rock and Pod, but looking forward to meeting, uh, hey, meeting you for the first time. We haven't uh, seen each other in person and uh, meeting uh, uh, Jody Havnot and some of these other guys uh, from these other podcasts as well. So it should be uh, should be exciting, should be a fun time. Yeah, and you know, all the musicians that are going to be there, I'm I'm really interested to see how this thing all turns out, right? So It'll be interesting, man. Chris uh Chris Sinzak from Decibel Geek has done a lot of work and I know there's a few other people that have been involved um BJ uh uh, from rock and or roll and then uh you know just other podcasts and and things like that so i know other people have helped out but i know that uh without chris this thing would not have happened because uh, chris definitely is doing the majority of uh the work i think yeah he's gonna need a vacation after this for sure man for sure <laughs> For sure. That dude is definitely going to need a vacation. So what else is going on? Anything with you? Uh, no, you know, I'm, uh, sounds like my job's going to the Midwest. So I am packing my bags and leaving, leaving Southern California for a while. Woohoo. Which means that we don't have to record late at night anymore. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, that's all good. It's all good. Well, good, good. Congratulations to you. I'm sure that'll be a step up for you. Yeah, it's good for me and my family, so 
that worked awesome. out. Awesome. Well, yeah. So this week is sort of a bonus episode, right? Because uh, we released the uh, the interview with Greta Van Fleet uh, on Monday, and um, if you're hearing this um, and you haven't heard that episode, go check that episode out. That was a fun interview with uh, Sam from Greta Van Fleet, a new hot up-and-coming band. And we're going to release this the same week. We're going to release this on Thursday before the Rock and Pod Expo. Um, and this is just to kind of double your rock and roll fun. So we decided to do this second episode this week uh, just to get you guys ready for the up and coming interview release that we have coming up next Monday. Uh, as I told you guys, myself and uh, Joe from Podcast Rock City um, went and saw the Dead Daisies and the Dives. Uh, live uh, the other night and I was fortunate enough to sit down with the bass player Mark Mendoza from the Dead Daisies um, and we sat down in the back of a tour bus and just had an awesome conversation uh, which I recorded for the podcast that we're going to release next Monday and it's a great conversation really cool uh, and Marco if you don't know Marco uh, go check him out he's done a ton of things he's played with everybody from lynch mob to white snake to thin lizzy um he's even played with bill ward from black sabbath um so lots of cool stories that he has uh and we we learn a little bit about his early days and his growing up on rock uh so it should be a good conversation but listen marco has um some bandmates in the dead daisies that um have done uh, an amazing amount of cool work, right, Sonny? Yeah, I mean, this is, right, this is the definition of a super group. There is absolutely no doubt. You know, when you look at these five guys, uh, one of them we don't know a ton about, but the other four easily have done over 100 albums or so, and uh, their paths cross with each other a lot through music history. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a super group. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's not like they've, they've, uh, played, um, uh, on different records and been with different bands that, um, made shitty music, right? We, we, Sonny and I actually like the music in their other bands. I mean, we like the Dead Daisies and Dead Daisies is a fantastic band, but, um, a lot of the records that these guys have been a part of, um, uh, before they even came upon the Daisies, um, was killer shit, right? You agree, uh, Sonny? Oh yeah, totally. And you know, if I was, and maybe we do, uh, maybe we would do a podcast in the future, an episode in the future about our fantasy super group maybe, or something like that. But these are the names that we'd be floating around in my head. If I was looking for a super group to put together, these names would be on the list. Yeah. So we got some cool music coming up and um, uh, some cool uh, uh, information based on some of these guys' previous projects. But hey, before we get into that, our friend Sonny, what do you got for us on the Crank It Up Spotlight? It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So our buddy, uh, one of the Canadian geeks and our uh, decibel geek buddy, Rich the Meister Dylan is always uh, jet-setting about, goes to many festivals, and uh, he'll start, you know, telling you about bands that nobody's ever heard of. And every once in a while, I listen, 
And this time I decided to listen, and he turned me on to a band called Va Rocks, and that's V-A Rocks. And they are a Swedish band, three ladies. They're all in their early to mid-20s. Are they um, hot? I, are they hot? Uh, that depends on, you know, you know, you can look them up. They have a website. <laughs> that depends. It depends on your taste. I, I think they're attractive. I haven't seen them, but, but I have yeah. heard this tune, so. Yeah. Continue. Uh, Ida Vollmer on vocals and guitars, a three-piece. Clara Wedding on bass and Frida Rosen on drums. And, you know, this album is called Pull No Punches, and it's got it's got hard rock. It's got a little bit of power pop. Uh, some of it's very kiss sounding. Uh, we'll talk about the song that we're going to play and what it kind of sounds like. But uh, it's uh, the album got released in November of 2016, and obviously, you know, we're here, so we don't hear a lot of the Swedish music, obviously. Um, but some of the songs are very anthem-like, which which are kind of cool because they get the crowd involved. These ladies have been actually playing together since they were 12, 13 years old. Like they've been together wow. a while and they've played over a hundred shows. So okay. wow. we are, we are going to play a song by Va Rocks called Kiss the Fist. That sounds very aggressive. All right. Kiss the Fist. I dig it. Yeah, to me, when I first heard it, I'm like, man, that's like ACDC plus Hailstorm. And I am a huge Lizzie Hale fan. So I'm like, wow, this this actually is pretty cool. And I went to iTunes to kind of listen to a few other tracks, and I bought the album. So um, they're really good, and they're on iTunes. So you should definitely check them out. There you go. Check it out. New Spotlight on Music, VA Rocks, or Va Rocks, however you want to. <laughs> However you want to pronounce that. What is, what is it? Is it Va Rocks or VA Rocks? I think it's Va Rocks. And I think Va stands for something in Swedish, but I forgot what Rich told me. Ah, whatever. Kiss the fist. It's killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check it out if you liked it. 
right, so let's get into our conversation about past projects from the current members of the Dead Daisies because they played on some cool stuff. And again, this is just to kind of prep everybody. It's a bonus episode to prep everybody on this interview that I did with Marco Mendoza uh, when I went to the Dead Daisy concert um, last week. Uh, so that's what this is all about. Um, so I'll start this off. Um, everybody knows, um, John Karabi, right? He was in Motley Crue. He's done a few other things. Um, and so John Karabi now is the current singer, um, with the Dead Daisies and has been on the past, uh, three records, uh, with them. Um, but he was in a band, um, and this is even before, I think he's in a band early on when he first moved to LA called Angora. Um, right. is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, after Angora kind of disbanded, he, uh, formed in 89, a band that was called Saints or Sinners. Um, and he formed that with Bruce Boulay from, um, Racer X. Uh, and that band eventually became a band called The Scream, not Scream, The Scream. Um, and I think that this is not, I think a, a lot of our podcaster friends have definitely are big fans of this record. If you're into hard rock, um, you've probably heard this record, but by and large, this record is so hugely underrated. Um, this record, uh, the name of the record is called let it scream. And the name of the band is called the scream. Um, and like I said, they were formed in 89, um, Travis, um, Scott Travis, uh, who went on to become the drummer and Judas priest. He was the original drummer on this, uh, in this band, but he never played on the, on the record. Um, he, he was, uh, he left for priest before he ended up playing on, um, let it scream. Um, but this, this band, just, just an awesome record. Sonny, you, you know about this record, right? Oh, I'm a huge Karabi fan. There's no way that you can be a Karabi fan and not know this record, but you know, we talk about it all the time. By the time they released it, it was 1991 and honestly it was just too late. And, and right. I mean, what's your opinion of this record, right? It's one of my freak favorite debut records. I mean, I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. I think it's a really good rock record. Uh, there's a lot of different elements to it. Karabi sounds great. Uh, Bruce is not racer-esque. Like, it's a little more uh, sleaze mid-tempo compared to Racer X, right? So right. Groove-oriented. Um, yeah, but my, my guess is this comes out 86, 87, it's huge. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So the first, uh, the, the song, one of my favorite tracks on this record is what I'm going to play. Uh, and there's a lot of great tracks on this record, so I could just pick one, but, uh, I am going to bust out a song called tell me why.
That is a rockin' tune. Is that a sa- I know my I have bad ears. Is that a sax solo in there next to the guitar solo? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's just a funky tune. Man, it it's, sounds like it. It's so yeah. funky, man. Uh, you know, um, but it's just it's heavy. It's funky. It, it's just it's a cool tune. It's got a cool groove to it. Um, and, uh, I, I love that song. I love that song a lot. You know, Eddie Kramer produced that album. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's got that big drum sound, which I love, but, uh, yeah, Eddie Kramer produced that song awesome. or that album. Yeah. Killer. So what, what do you got for us there, buddy? All right. So, you know, to continue with Karabi, like I, I just love his raspy rock voice. It just... He just seems like a good guy, blue collar, hard worker, just something about Karabi that, you know, I don't know the guy personally, but from afar, he doesn't seem to be that guy that has lead singer disease, right? Just seems like a nice guy. Yeah, it seems like a hardworking guy. Definitely yeah. uh, seems like a nice guy. I mean, I I, I had um, I exchanged pleasantries with him uh, uh, backstage when I was at the show the other night, and uh, you know, just hey, how's it going? Hey, doing great. You know, just really really simple uh, exchange, and uh, uh, seemed like a super guy. Little little short. <laughs> I, st- I stood <laughs> yeah. next to him. I was like, wow, okay, yeah. kind of small. But okay. So I had heard the scream. That's the first time I had heard Karabi back in the 90s. And then when the beautiful, beautiful news hit that Vince Neal was leaving Motley Crue <laughs> and that John Karabi was coming, I'm like, bonus. I cannot wait. Right. And I, I'm getting goosebumps telling you. It's kind of weird. But I was so <laughs> excited. Because I'm like, finally, because I really like Crew, but I'm not a huge fan of Vince's voice. So I'm like, this is going to be great. And that Motley album that came out in 94, which I saw them live twice for that tour, they played to half empty places. I got to admit that. But that Motley album is actually my favorite Motley album with Shout at the Devil being the second closest. And I think, and I think a lot of people would probably, um, a lot of hardcore rock fans would probably, um, not argue that with you. I mean, that those of us in the, in the know, I think we love this record, right? Oh yeah. And I've played it. I've played it to death. I play, I listen to it at least once a month. Like there's just something about it that I, I need to hear it. All the time. So uh, the song that I wanted to play, Bob Rock produced this album. Uh, so it's it's got some really good kind of like uh, sludginess to it. And it's heavy and I love it. Uh, the song that I wanted to play is Till Death Do Us Part.
killer, killer tune, man. Uh, the feel of that song is just so, I don't know, it just kind of gets you kind of like rocking back. And I don't know, there's something about it that just drives me nuts. I you know, you know, love I think, that album. I think one of the things about this Motley record really is the production. I mean, the production on this record, to me, is <laughs> this is one of the better sounding records that I can, I can remember in terms of just flat out rock records that sound great. This everything yeah. about this record sounds so good. The vocals, the drums, the drums. Oh my God, the drums are so big on this record. Yeah, and you know this is during grunge time too, right? And one of the things that I had against some of the grunge records was the fuzziness, but this seems crisp and hard, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. So, uh, but you know, Bob Rock had just worked with Metallica too, so I'm sure. Well, Bob Rock's no joke. I mean, he's he's done that with a lot of people. So. Yeah, that's right. All right, so now we're going to move on to Mr. Brian Titchy. Um, Brian Titchy is is a drummer um, who has done multiple um, projects. Uh, one of the favorite, one of my favorite things that he's done, and and I feel bad because I'm not going to play something from this record. But one of one of the favorite things that he's done is that Pride and Glory record with uh, with Zach Wild. Um, that love, record's awesome. Oh, I love that record. Love it. And uh, he was the drummer um, on that record. He was the drummer in Pride and Glory, um, at least for that first record, for sure. Um, so I really love that, but um, I'm going to play a song off a of Billy Idol record. And I know a lot of people out there are kind of like, well, Billy Idol, that's not really hard rock. That's not metal. What's up with that? Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> First of all, Billy Idol on this record, um, The Devil's Playground, um, much like uh, Rebel Yell, he's got Steve Stevens on the record. And go and listen to some of the standout tracks um, that I really like on Devil's Playground. Super Overdrive, Romeo's Waiting, World Coming Down. This record is definitely a cross between hard rock and punk. I mean, it's it's a really, really solid record. Um, and this record came out in 05. Um, which was long after kind of Idol's success with uh, Rebel Yell. And I don't, you know, I think he was just kind of coming back. He had he'd had his motorcycle wreck and he wasn't um, doing a whole lot. He was kind of out of the public eye. Um, but Brian, Brian Titchy plays record, plays, uh, drums on this entire record. And I love this record, man. Have you, have you heard anything from this record? Are you Billy Idol fan at all? Sonny? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm a Billy Idol fan because he was one of those guys. Cause I listened to, uh, top 40 also. And to me, he was rock, you know, hard rock, eh, depending on the guitar tone of the song. Like, you know, you could say white wedding is a hard rock song, depending on how you're listening to it. Right. So, um, I've always been an idol fan, but I remember when this record came out and I heard this song that you're going to play, I was like, man, Billy Idol is back. Because yeah. it just had this classic sound. I mean, if if you don't think this is a hard rock record, I mean, or at least listen to this song. If this song is not a hard rock record, then I clearly don't know what hard rock is, or my definition of hard rock is a little bit different. But it's a guitar-driven song, for sure. And, right. uh, and so, you know, hard rock, go listen to Blue Highway off of Rebel Yell. 
that's a hard rock song flat out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but the song that I chose to, uh, play off this record is a song called, um, and I know I just played, um, the scream, uh, with a record called let it scream, but this song is called scream <laughs> off of Billy Idol's devil's playground. Uh, so here we go. So I was looking into this because I, you know, I hadn't pulled out the CD in a while. And I don't know if you know this, but eight out of those 13 songs on that CD, Brian and Billy wrote. Steve Stevens only wrote three of those songs. No, I didn't know that. I couldn't see yeah. the credits on on the record. So so Brian yeah. co-wrote. Yeah, well, so that's the other thing that people I don't think know about Brian Titchy. He's not just a drummer. This guy, uh, this guy is a, a musical um, genius, right? He, he does a lot of things. Percussion is just one of them. Uh, he's a, he's a pretty amazing, uh, uh, musician. And a great guitar player. Yeah, that's right. Actually, Mendoza, Mendoza points that out in, uh, in the interview, uh, coming up on Monday. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right. So for me, I've seen, uh, Brian live with Whitesnake. I've seen him live with Forner. And then I've seen him actually play guitar live with Randy Rhodes Remembered. So down here we have a, um, we have a, uh, uh, I guess it's kind of an expo called NAM, uh, and it happens in LA. And I went two years ago, and Randy Rhodes Remembered had a show there. And basically it's like an all star jam. So they'll play a Randy Rhodes song, and a different guitarist will come out, and somebody else will play drums, and they kind of almost kind of figure it out on the fly. And I would say half the time, Brian was playing lead guitar. So the guy can play guitar. There is no doubt. Um, so I actually went deep in the archives. So I was like, okay, I want to pick something that's deep, deep. And I couldn't even, I couldn't believe I had the album. It's an album called Randy Jackson's China Rain. And this is not the Randy Jackson from American Idol. We're talking about the Randy Jackson, who was the lead vocalist and guitarist for Zebra. Mm. And 
Yeah, and he put a band together uh, in 91 and released an album called Bed of Nails. And uh, the song that we're going to play is actually written, co-written by Rachel Bolin and Snake Sabo from Skid Row. Wow. The album has four different sets of producers. It has Mark Slaughter as a co-write. Mark Slaughter and Dana Strum produce some of the album. So it feels like possibly an album to maybe um, make the record company happy because he owed them an album maybe. But then when I look at who released it, it was a Canadian release. So I think he did this on his own. Um <laughs> But the bass player was Teddy Cook, who before this was in Dio and then afterwards played with Great White for three years. A guitar player named Ronnie Snow, who I couldn't find anything else on. And then Brian Tishu was on drums. So the song that we are going to play is called Light of My Love, and it is not a ballad. That's good. That's a rocking song, man. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you dig the up audience. the you dig up the strangest things. Okay. <laughs> so for the audience, we have show notes. So if I pick something deep from the archives, I send it to uh, I send it to Stephen. And I knew that the minute he saw the title, he's like, "Oh, this damn ballad! I ain't playing this damn ballad." And I'm like, "It's not a ballad. Just listen to it." <laughs> Sonny knows me here too well. <laughs> But uh, this, again, this was released in 91, too. So it's definitely heavier than Zebra. I thought Zebra was a little, I couldn't even call them rock. They were more power pop, right? Yeah, I don't know. They were, they were kind of Zeppelin-y. I, I didn't really, I never got into that band. I know a lot of people love that first Zebra record, but I just could never really get into that band. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. All right, awesome. so we're going to talk about Marco next, right? Yep, yep. Let's move on to Marco. Um, so Marco Mendoza, um, amongst the many, many things that he's done, uh, whether it's played with white snake or played with Ted Nugent or played with George Lynch or, or whatever, he's done a million different things. Um, but he, in, uh, 2012, well, actually, let me, let me back up a minute. So in 2010, uh, Thin Lizzy, um, reforms 
So Scott Gorm gets Thin Lizzy back together, obviously minus Phil Lennett. And they just go out and start doing some touring. Um, and along the way, um, in 2010, while they're touring, uh, and they asked Marco Mendoza to be part of that. So Marco, um, Scott Gorham, uh, Richard Fortas, who's now in Guns N' Roses, and um, Vivian Campbell, and who else was in that? Um, it escapes me right now who else was part of that, but I know Richard Fortas and Vivian Campbell uh, were part of that touring uh, version of Thin Lizzy in 2010, um, including Marco Mendoza. And, oh, um, Warwick, uh, so the singer. So they go out in 2010 as Thin Lizzy, and they start um, playing dates. And along the way, they um, write new material. Um, but they decide not to release that new material is Thin Lizzy. Um, so enter the Black Star Riders. Um, they form this basically this new band um, with, and, and Vivian Campbell was just kind of filling in. So enter uh, Damon Johnson. Um, and uh, so you got Damon Johnson, um, uh, Scott Gorham, uh, Richard Fortas leaves. Uh, to go be with Guns N' Roses. Marco Mendoza is still there. And Jimmy DeGrasso is playing drums. That's who was playing drums. And then you got um, uh, Warwick who's singing. Um, and Black Star Riders, they put out uh, the first record. Um, and this song um, off this record uh, that I'm going to play, is, uh, first of all, Black Star Riders, man, three great records they've released so far. Um, but this first record was really good. Um, I'm going to play a song called Valley of the Stones. song and i really like what the black star writers are doing i'm just not a huge fan of ricky's voice for some reason i and i don't know why yeah yeah uh now the reason i started listening to that the reason i got interested in black star writers was well DeGrasso, right because mm. i love ynt so this is this is my entrance to ynt he was the drummer in ynt when i kind of first started getting into him so um 
But yeah, something about and I've seen them live. I've seen them live as Thin Lizzy. I've seen them live as uh, Black Star Writers. And then I've seen like Marco live with Nugent and Whitesnake, the Lynch Mob. But something about Ricky's voice, and it wasn't any different live. He sounded live just like he sounds on tape. I don't know if it's he doesn't have a ton of range. I don't know what it is. That's interesting. I I, yeah. I don't know what uh, what you don't like about it. I mean, it, it sounds he sounds good to me. I mean, he's not yeah. he's not a voice where I would hear it and go, okay, I could see where some people think this is an annoying voice and some people not. But um, hey, you like what you like, right, man? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that was interesting is Damon Johnson and Marco were on the Monsters of Rock cruise that I went on, and Damon, they were doing like a Alice Cooper tribute thing because there was a bunch of Alice Cooper uh, ex bandmates on the cruise, and to um, to try to do sound check, they did a Black Rider song as part of the sound check. Awesome! And Damon was singing, and I, Damon sounded great singing. Oh yeah, Damon can sing. He's a talented guy. Yeah. So, but I, I like their music. It's just Ricky. It's okay. It just doesn't wow me. I, I just, I don't know what it is. Were, but, were you know. a Thin Lizzy fan at all? Oh yeah. Yeah. Were you but, a you huge know, Thin Lizzy fan? No, no. Okay. See, Phil's voice didn't exactly wow me either, yeah. but it was different and unique. Kind of like Ace, right? Ace's voice doesn't wow anybody either, but, uh, but there's something with Ricky and I don't, maybe it's because it's not Phil. Maybe that's what it is. Well, I, and you know, Ricky and, and Phil kind of sound similar to me. I mean, you know, to me they do. And and yeah. I have to say, I'm I'm a I'm a casual Thin Lizzy uh, fan, and probably would consider myself around the same um, uh, Black Star Rider fan. I mean, I like it. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, I like yeah. Thin Lizzy. I like Black Star Riders. Am I am I a huge fan? I, I don't know if that's that's accurate, but. Uh, yeah. definitely enjoy both uh both bands you know yeah okay so the song that i'm going to play is from 1997 and it is an album called 20th century by our friend john sykes Aww. so john sykes after he leaves white snake does blue murder uh does a few other things and starts doing solo albums and i'm surprised that John, because he wrote all the music, he produced it. Why not just do the bass tracks too? But I guess he's maybe smart enough to know that, hey, you know what? I need a real bass player, somebody who is the owner of the instrument versus a guy that just plays it. So he enlists Marco Mendoza to play on this album. And um, this album also had Simon Phillips on drums. So basically it was a three piece and Simon Phillips, if you don't know him played in to played on some Toto stuff has been uh, in the who for guy? a minute. Huh? Yeah. He's a session guy. He's, he's done yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. With priest, you know, he's, when you look him up, man, he's got tons of stuff, <laughs> but, uh, the song that we are going to play and again, this is a deep cut, and it is not a ballad. It is called The Way You Kiss Me.
there you go. Another deep cut. That's what we're all about. I like to play these songs that maybe the listeners haven't heard a million times. So that's a cool tune. I like John Sykes. He's a talented guy. And of course, Marco uh, played on that second Blue Murder record and spent a little bit of time with Sykes uh, on a yeah. few things, right? Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, the vocal on this song is great. The solo absolutely rips. It's a radio friendly song. It could easily have been a White Snake song. Right. Um, so I will warn you, the whole album isn't like this. So if you were to, uh, you know, go listen to it on iTunes or YouTube pick or wherever, choose. yeah, pick and choose. And what's interesting about Marco and um, uh, and Brian is they've both been in White Snake, and I've seen them both in White Snake, but I've not seen them in White Snake together because they were never in White Snake at the same time. So it's kind of a weird thing that both have been in White Snake. And actually, the next guy we're going to talk about was in White Snake. So for a while, let's talk about Doug. Yep. So let's move on to Doug Aldridge. Doug has done a ton of things. He's played with Dio. He spent a good amount of time in White Snake. Um, he's obviously in Dead Daisies now. Uh, so Doug has, has just done a ton of things. He's a, he's a killer guitar player and I am going to reach way back in time for this one. I'm going to reach, I'm going to reach back so that Doug's hair is about 10 feet tall. Um, when he was in a band out of LA back in 1983, I was still in high school, my friend. Um, he was in an LA band called Lion, uh, and it was formed in 83, um, by singer Cal Swan and guitarist Tony Smith, who, uh, relocated from the UK. Um, they recruited Mark Edwards. You may recognize that name. Mark Edwards was the drummer in Steeler. Um, and of course, Steeler was banned with Ron Keel and Ingbe. Um, and so he was in, um, uh, he was in that band. They recruited Mark Edwards to be the drummer, uh, a bass player named Jerry Best, uh, and they recruited Doug Aldridge. Um, they had a couple of songs that floated around like some cheesy movies, like Friday the 13th part 55. I don't know. It was just like, you know, they had a couple of, of, um, <laughs> of soundtrack uh, cheesy movie song soundtracks but they released two records and uh the first record fatal attraction i thought was a killer um 83 kind of glam slash sleaze hard rock la sunset strip band um what do, what do you know about lion sonny i i own both of them and uh i like it you know i I thought uh, the production was a little iffy. So they obviously didn't have a bunch of money behind them. Yep. Um, but man, when you listen to Doug play some of this stuff, he's in his early 20s. He rips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just and just to clarify, so originally the band uh, was called Lion and they spelled it L-Y-O-N, of course. Um, but somewhere down the line, they changed it just to L I O N. So it's spelled just like normal lion. And if you go to Google it, put in lion, the band, because otherwise you'll get a bunch of like lion cats come up in the Google feed. <laughs> so, so there you go. So I'm going to bust out a song called never surrender. Never surrender. 
on that song, it is so 80s, first of all. Straight up um, hard rock, baby. Right. There's no doubt about that. But, man, you listen to the solos on this album by Doug. It's just amazing. Amazing. And, and there's nothing wrong with 80s hard rock, by the way. Oh, no. Nothing at all. I, I think the nothing way you said that was a little bit um, uh, little bit derogatory. No, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> what do you got for us? All right, so we are actually going to talk about – so there's this podcast out there called Rock Strikes 10. Actually, Stephen uh, turned me on to it, and I guess they do these like you know 10 things you can't live without this, can't live without this, or they'll mention 10 of these, 10 of these. Everything they do is intense. 10, ten and, songs, no more, no less. Right. So, and they, uh, they kind of reached out to folks going before the, uh, uh, that are going to the expo and said, you know, share your desert Island top 10 songs, top 10 albums. And we're actually going to talk about an album that is going to be on that list. So this is one of my favorite albums of all time. And it is by house of Lords and the, the album is called Sahara. And this is their second album. And I remember when I first heard the album, I'm like, okay, there is something different with the guitar playing here because the first album had a guy named Lanny Cordola and it was good, but either he learned something and really got polished and, and cooler or they got somebody different and come to find out Lanny was in the band, but he didn't record the album. Doug did. And then I'm like, Oh, that's why I like this so much. Um, it's a good record now some too. people, yeah, some people might call House of Lords soft because of "Can't Find My Way Home." Um, I don't think I don't think House of Lords is soft, and anything that you hear that they've released lately is actually more, uh, almost all more on the metal side than it is even hard rock. So, um, but at this point, you got James Christian doing vocals, you got Greg Jufria on the keyboards, you got Doug playing guitar, Chuck Wright on bass, who's in uh, who's in Quiet Riot right now. And Ken Mary on drums, and this song starts out fast and furious with the drums, and it is an awesome three minutes and 24 seconds, and it's called Kiss of Fire.
Yeah, man. You really like that album? I love Rock, this album. Yeah, I do love uh, Sahara. It's a good record. And you know, here's the thing. So, so you know me. I'm not a ballad guy, right? We've talked about that. But that version of, of Can't Find My Way Home, um, the classic tune, was that? That's a Traffic song, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Traffic originally did that, right? Steve yep. Winwood Traffic. Yeah. So, so that song, that, that version of that song might be my favorite version of that song ever. That's a great version of that tune, man. I, uh, and I totally agree, but that's not the best al- ballad on that album. Remember My Name is one of the best ballads out there, and it's on the same album. Yeah, well, that's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> No, that that record is awesome though. I do like that record, and I haven't really heard too much of the new new stuff. Is it really good? I've seen a couple people say like that's their favorite record this year or something like that. Is that record is the new record really good? Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not classic House of Lords. It doesn't sound like the first or second album, but yeah. it's definitely a little bit heavier. But uh, Europe is kind of like that too. Like if you listen to Europe nowadays, it's kind of a little bit darker and a little bit heavier. It's not your final countdown Europe anymore. Uh, so House I of Lords is like that Europe similar. anyway. <laughs> I hated that so, Europe. Europe's done so much other stuff that's so much better than Final Countdown in my opinion. <laughs> You have a problem with da, 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 yes, da, da, I do. Da, da. I, that, out of the songs that you never have to hear again, that would be one of them for me. I so can't. let me tell you, let me tell you a quick story on that. So that that little uh, lick on Final Countdown, you know, I'm showing my daughter how to uh, play it, and she learned how to play it. Well, Europe was on the Monsters of Rock cruise that I went on, so the song comes on because this is their final song, and they're gonna do Final Countdown. And the track is sampled. I'm like, the guy's not even playing it on the keyboards. Why are they sampling this? This is not that hard. <laughs> but it was crazy. I don't know why. Yeah. All right. So that that brings us to the final member in Dead Daisies. Now, here's a guy that you probably really are not going to recognize because out of all the members of the Daisies, David Lowy is the least famous of all these guys. Um, David Lowy basically is non-existent before the Dead Daisies. But this guy, first of all, he's he's the founder of the Dead Daisies. He's the guy that formed the band along with the original uh, singer, John Stevens. Um, so he is the one of the founding, well, he's the only founding member of the Dead Daisies now. But this guy's life has really, really been interesting. So he's the eldest son of co-founder of the Westfield Corporation, which is a um, their real estate company and a shopping center management out of um, their kind of Australian, um, British, American. So they cover Australia, Britain, and American. Um, their assets of as of 2016 were 28.5 billion with a B dollars. Uh, so not a small company. <laughs> so this <laughs> he's the eldest son of the co-founder of this company. He was um, cheek, he was a CEO and a managing director on the board of directors for this company for a long time. Um, he is a championship aviator. 
meaning that if you go to an air show and you see kind of these old World War II uh, planes flying around, that's what he did. He was like, uh, he, he piloted a World War II um, Spitfire um, in, in aerial acrobatics. He was like a champion aerial acrobatic aviator. Um, obviously, he's a songwriter and a guitar player. So this guy's life is really, really interesting. He founded, a, he founded an aviation museum. He's, he's done some very, very interesting things. But really deep down inside, David Lowy wanted to be a rock star. Um, so he played in and out of some bands nobody ever really heard of um, for a while. And they ended up on this tour um, with this band. I think the name of the band was called Mink, M-I-N-K. Um, and they ended up on this tour with Motley Crue and Thin Lizzy and um, Kiss over in Britain. And he ended up playing uh, with this band and uh, Marco Mendoza um, started to notice the band, thought the, the music was pretty good, um, was interesting um, kind of Stones-ish, very like Rolling Stones vibe kind of thing going on, some of the music that he was writing. Um, and so one thing led to another. David Lowy started up this side project called Dead Daisies um, and um, bought in all the guys that you know today that are in the Dead Daisies, um, but none of these guys played on that first Dead Daisies record um, and so we're going to play a tune off of this first Dead Daisies record that, again, is kind of Stones-ish, kind of a cross between the Stones and what the, like the Black Crows, wouldn't you say, um, uh, Sonny? Yeah, definitely. They get, they get heavier in later albums, but yeah, this one's a little more rock, yeah. Right, so straight ahead, kind of rock and roll. So we're going to play a song called Talk To Me. It's amazing to me. John Stevens has a little John Karabi in his voice. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, because uh, when I went, see, I didn't really get into the Dead Daisies until that second album, Revolution, right? And uh, 
I'm listening to that. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And I'm like, that kind of sounds like Karabi. And then I got the uh, the self-titled album, and then I got the new one before the live one. And I'm like, is this all Karabi? And then when I went back to check, yeah. it uh, it was just another guy that sounds like him, which is great. Yeah, and the EP. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, that's okay. The the EP and the first Dead Daisies record is definitely, in my opinion, pretty much drastically different than Revolution and um, uh, makes some noise and live and louder, obviously. Uh, yeah. But it's not. They're not bad. Like the songwriting is good. You can see where the songwriting is really good, and you can see what some of the other guys saw in his writing. I mean, it's very, it's it's very Stones. If you like the Stones and you like the Black Crows, then go check it out because I think I think some of the stuff is good. It's just not heavy, heavy. You know. Yeah, that's totally what. Because uh, I think you're dead on. That's what attracted me to him. Because I am a Black Crows fan, and, and you know how. You, f- you hear about all of these artists, Stones or the Beatles, Stones or the Beatles, and I'm more of a Stones guy than a Beatles guy. Yeah, and, and I mean, for, for music, it's kind of hard for me to say, like I'm sitting here talking to you in a Stones shirt. The Stones, <laughs> to me, the Stones were more rock and roll. They were more rebellion, right? The Beatles right. were more about the music. I mean, the Beatles were more about just the different engineering feats and just the different songwriting and the different textures. I mean, the Stones were more of a, just a straight up rock band, straight up rock and roll. Right. That's, that's my, that's my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that, uh, that's, that's it for, for, um, our, uh, our dead daisies past, um, uh, song list. So, uh, it's time for what now? It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. All right, so our historic moment. So we are actually going to play a song off a tribute record, and it's called Spin the Bottle, an all-star tribute to Kiss. Now, you should buy this CD, album, tape, whatever you find it on, just for the cover art, to be honest with you. Just look it up, spin the bottle, and all-star tribute to Kiss, and we'll leave the rest as a surprise because it is incredible cover art. Um, the song we're going to play uh, is going to be Detroit Rock City, and we'll talk about that a little bit. I've heard Detroit Rock City sang by several, several different musicians, bands, etc. Obviously, I've, Kiss has redone it three, four times, and I'm one of those guys that you have to be very careful with classic songs by classic artists that if you don't know really how to do them, you should just kind of stay away. And in this situation, Marco and Doug are involved with John Temp- uh, Tempesta and Dee Snyder. And it was released in 2004. And I want to talk about it a little bit on exactly how I feel about it after we play the song. So let's play... Detroit Rock City off Spin the Bottle, an all-star tribute to Kiss.
it up. Yeah, right? And I remember the first time I heard it, I'm like, what is Doug doing? How dare you add guitar fills or do a different solo? Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, don't jack with the song, dude. D, D hasn't even started singing yet. I don't even know how this is going to sound. It is the best non-Kiss version I've heard. It's rocking. It's amazing. And I'm surprised D did a Kiss song because isn't there a Kiss Twisted Sister like feud out there? Is there? I thought so. I thought that him and Paul were going at it a little bit. Maybe it was after 2004. I don't remember hearing about that, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. That's two dudes that like to speak their mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this album was, uh, it's a tribute album um, produced by Bob Rock, who is the king of producing tribute albums, and uh, Bruce Bouillet, who's from Racer X, we talked about a little bit earlier. But it is actually a great tribute CD, so um, definitely check it out. And all kinds of people are on that record. Like I, I told you before we started recording, one of my favorite things on that record, uh, because I love the song to begin with, is Parasite, which uh, Doug Pennant from King's X sings on. And I I dig that song. I dig that version. Yeah, and Bob on that on that song, Bob Kulik plays guitar and John Aldretti plays bass and he's from Racer X. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, you're talking Phil Lewis, Robin McCauley, Lemmy did shout it out loud. Um yeah, there's a bunch of bunch of people on here, so that's really cool. Yeah, that's killer stuff, killer stuff. Hey, um, we're gonna. It's time for uh, us to do a little bit of uh, uh, promoing for uh, for the podcast. So, uh, uh, the sweet and sexy Samantha, tell us what you got. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word: g r o w i n u p r o c k dot com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Oh, thank you. She's so lovely, isn't she, Sonny? Yes, she is. It's <laughs> nice to hear a different voice besides ours. Hey, and guess what, Sonny? To go along with that, we got our first customer review. A five-star review at that. Really? Yes, we did. We sure did. I went on and took a look at it. So this is by none other than Rocker Chick NY70. <sighs> Rocker okay. Chick. All right. So Rocker Chick. Rocker Chick. This is what Rocker Chick has to say. More hard rock and less heavy metal. Growing up rock taps into feel-good rock and roll nostalgia by talking about music we all grew up with and the concert experiences and memories it's tied to. Love the stories these guys tell and looking forward to more interviews with cool bands. How about that, Sonny? That is awesome. Thank you very much for the review. Thank you, Rocker Chick NY70. That's awesome, man. Grandma's awesome. I'm going to thank Grandma for that. (laughs) I love Grandma's. So, Rocker Chick 70 is how old she is? It might not be when she was born? Ah, it could be. Who knows? <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. awesome. One review, one one five-star review. It's all good. So, get out there and leave us reviews. Along with that, too, we started getting um, 
uh, stories. So we always tell people, Sonny, go, um, go to the website or go to our Facebook page and tell us your rock and roll story. Everybody's got a rock and roll story out there. You guys are emotionally connected to these bands and this music that we're playing, whether it was the first time you went to a concert or the first album you heard or whatever the situation is, we want to hear those stories. Sonny and I want to want to take your stories and share them with everybody else uh, and then play the music around it. So go to the website, grownuprock.com, uh, go to the uh, tell us your story section and just write it in there um, and we'll get back with you. Um, and who knows, maybe you'll end up on an episode. Uh, we got a couple of stories already from people uh, that we're going to start uh, putting in our episodes. Um, so definitely look forward to that for sure. Uh, what, what do you, what do you think about that, Sonny? Yeah, I think, you know, I definitely want to engage with the fans looking forward to doing that, the rock and pot also. And, uh, we love stories because I think that like the two stories we've gotten so far, uh, they, they really intertwine with our own stories because we can put ourselves at yep. that same time frame. And it's interesting that no matter where you were in the country, if you're into this type of music and possibly the planet, the, the what you're feeling and how you're taking the music is all the same no matter where you're living, which is really cool. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, and that's, that's why we do this podcast. That's why we're connecting to uh, the people listening because um, we're sharing our own stories, but um, part of the fun of this is hearing you guys, uh, and, and going, you know, I remember that time somebody wrote on a, on a page the other day, um, and it, and it peaked something in my memory where they were talking about winning these, these rock and roll mirrors at a fair. And I was like, holy crap, I did that when I was a kid. Like I won a Rush mirror and, and a um, Van Halen mirror and a Kiss mirror by, by throwing the dart and blowing up these balloons. And I hadn't thought about that in probably 35 years. So it's I, crazy. I did the same things. Hadn't thought about him forever until you just said it. Exactly. So, you know, there's probably a bunch of people out there today that are in the same boat as we are. So um, we're just trying to connect everybody. That's all. Uh, so go to the to the Facebook page, tell us your story, or, or even better, go to the website. And the website's cool. It's getting stuff on there. There's some good stories, some good blogs. You can listen to the podcast there. You can tell us your story there. Um, so there's some good stuff on the website and go, uh, you know, go check it out. Um, and that's growinguprock.com. Uh, that's about it, man. Um, whose, whose turn is it to shake, rattle and roll? I don't even know. I, I think it's your turn. Really? I think I did the last right. one, but, uh, pull out your, pull out your phone and, and take us out of here. Uh, and until next week, or actually until Monday, don't forget, we got another episode coming Monday. So when you hear this, uh, the following Monday, we'll be releasing that uh, Dead Daisies um, interview uh, with Marco Mendoza, which is a, a good episode. Uh, so you guys will enjoy that. But um, hopefully you enjoyed this. Let us know what you, what you think. Sonny, you got anything else to add? No, just thanks for the support and uh, talk to you guys soon. Play us out, boys. Let's shuffle, rattle, and roll.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.